Hi, and welcome to Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast, highlighting artists, teachers, authors, and philanthropists of the regenerative movement, people who are committed to planetary purpose. My name is Julian Gudelai, and in today's episode, I'm hosting an interview with Mark Champagne. Mark is the host of Behind the Human podcast, unpacking the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of the game personally and professionally. Mark is also super passionate about helping teams and individuals declutter and unlock their minds to feel and perform at their best. Focus on leaving people with a refreshed perspective on how to train their mind, form healthy habits, and easily implement mental fitness practices. So with these words, welcome to the show, Mark. Thank you so much. It's, uh, it's a real honor to be on, on the program. Yeah, I'm excited for our dialogue. We just recently got to chat for um, your podcast, Behind the Human. And, um, you know, I want to I wanna dive right into the gold of what you've learned on your podcast journey so far. Being a fellow podcaster, I know that it, there's a lot of personal development that we get from hosting episodes week after week. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe tell us, like, what made, sure. you, what made you start into that game of content? Like, what was maybe your first exploration into it? And then how did, did you get started? That's a great question. It, I mean, the podcast for me, and I'm sure you, you resonate with this, is, is probably one of the things that lights me up the most in my life. Just be, being able to connect with, with awesome people like yourself and, and just constantly fueling that curiosity to learn and, and bring in new practices and new perspectives through stories and experiences of, of others right so you know it's just something that uh, I hope I can continue doing uh, who knows wh- how the format will continue to evolve but it's just definitely at least as I speak now something I, I want to continue but it all started out of a, a pure I don't want to say necessity it, it started organically when we were launching a digital journal a journaling app uh, and at the time, which was called Keo, my my co-founder and I, we were working on this, and I was in a cafe in Montreal, um, in Canada, where I was I was working on this app. I still had a a day job, so it was you know kind of the side hustle, as you would say. And what was happening while I was in that cafe working on it, I was becoming closer and closer with the um, the owner of the cafe and. The, this location was always just buzzing, like full of people. It's on the outside, it looked like things were going really well. But in the inside, you know, having these, these, or behind the curtain, I should say, having these conversations with the founder, you know, he was struggling too. He's a, a new Brit business owner, um, trying to process the emotion, like trying to make payroll, all of this stuff. And he kept mentioning, it's like, yeah, I'm trying this meditation app called Headspace. And so I'd obviously naturally kind of uh, talk a little bit about what what I was working on because it, it fell into the same vein. And we just kept having that conversation of different things that were helping us as as entrepreneurs in that space. And, and that's where the light bulb went off was you wouldn't expect, you know, the the cafe owner to have those type of practices. Like, especially at that time, it was maybe about three, four years ago, there were just definitions or or labels being put on like, Oh, if you're meditating, you're like, you're in a robe on a majestic mountain or something, or if you're journaling, you're the 12 year old girl writing her diary or something like that. Right. Mm. So that's how it all started. And that was, yeah. And that was just episode number one. It wasn't a podcast yet. That was literally me recording our conversation on my phone. And then uh, I wrote it up. 
um, or I should say well, we had a copywriter helping us that uh, they wrote it up. And the first, I think 40 or 50 interviews were, uh, yeah, it'd be a, a roughly around that because I'm at about 155 interviews and the first, let's say 40 of them were written and then the rest are making their way um, on the podcast. But it was, the whole goal was just to shed light on how these types of mental fitness practices or, th or things that we can do to better the, the performance and the health and the fitness of our minds come from all walks of life, designers, writers, chefs, like everyone has their own little thing. And it's like, how can you pull that out so that it's relatable and it's not prescriptive? Mm -hmm. The relatability part is very interesting to me. I think, you know, when we talk about regenerative or regenerative movement, um, sometimes what it takes people is to onboard into this topic with simply finding where does that relate into their private life and their private practice and the way they train their mind, their body, um, even their soul, right? We have these concepts of peak mind or peak performance, but really I think times are changing. So the, the, the picture of um, the 14 year old girl journaling is, is really not the only picture of journaling that we should have in our mind. We know the tremendous benefits of uh, gratitude practices and, and, you know, focus practices, especially in, in these times when our cell phones are kind of deterring our focus into shorter and shorter intervals. So maybe totally. tell us a few of your favorite like learnings that like have made it into your, your life and, and are just like a solid pillar in, in who you are today. Well, so journaling has been in, in my world for probably about 10 plus years now. Um, and then the last four, uh, I'd say, you know, was really accelerated just given, you know, the, the whole business of, of launching an app and, and all that in the podcast. But the practice itself uh, has been a staple in my life and continues to be uh, a huge, huge component. But I think what the realization that was made quite quickly in, in the journey of, of Keo and, and what we're creating, and especially with the podcast and the, the reason I have it continuing on as we speak is that, you know, journaling is one thing, which is essentially just reflection, right? Whether you're writing in a, a pen to paper setup, you're using an app or you're taking a walk, it's, it's slowing down and thinking and processing our, our thoughts in some capacity. But the, the, the learning or the insight that was and continues to be so powerful is the, is the backbone of that relating to the questions. And that's what, you know, cause if you think of, of life just in general, it's really just a series of questions and answers. Um, some questions are more impactful than others. The questions typically evolve as our lives evolve. When we listen to other people speak on podcasts or read their books, usually it's littered full of powerful questions to think about. So it's really, for me, it's like almost this new language and it's a language that connects, like everyone can understand that language when it comes to asking a question, right? Who am I? Like, obviously that's a deep one, but who am I? Or where do I want to work? Where do I want to live? Like, why am I buying this? Like, there's just so many different facets to questions. And when, when they show up in your life, at the right time, and even more importantly, and this was the realization with the work that we're doing, and especially with the podcast, when they show up at the right time in the right context and left by someone that you really respect, that's when it's really significant. 
because I can ask you, I can leave you with a really powerful reflective question. And I mean, we've, we've developed a relationship and I, you know, I think there's mutual respect there. Um, but if someone that you've been following, let's say for the last 10 or 15 years, you've read every single one of their books, they leave that same question. There's a different mm -hmm. weight there. And I think that's, yeah. what's powerful. This is a really big topic that you actually like um, pointing towards there. And it, it's the one of initiation and also like transferring meaning, you know, it's very similar. If you think of um, in the, the yogic teachings and lineages, you think of mantras and singing certain syllables and singing certain sounds and mantras is actually the, the words themselves are ultimately just words. But if you get initiated into that by a teacher who you know, has like the access to that knowledge through his own lineage, not just because they like went to a yoga retreat once, the vibration of the teaching, the vibration of the initiation, the vibration of this trust and reverence that you just mentioned is actually alive within the mantra or the song or the syllables that we're singing. And so, yeah, I mean, definitely. Thanks. Thanks for, for putting that in there between you and I, I'd, I'd, I'd respect any question you give me and I'd ponder it. Right. But I think at large in our society, we've, we've turned really skeptical and very cynical, which, you know, can, can be helpful in some moments to, to double check maybe, is this really what I want? But the deeper questions, I think we're just coming back into a time where we're allowing them to, um, to permeate our, our, you know, our, our being so we can, we can take deeper action. Yeah, totally, totally. So let me ask you a question then, and that's about trust. I'd love to understand more and more what makes trust uh, the real thing for people. So in your own words, Mark, what is required for you to experience trust? Whew. Talk about a question. That's, that's powerful. Um, well, so I'll, I'll answer from the gut. I mean, I've never, I've never been asked that before and, and thought about it. So I, first of all, thank you for, for pushing my mind on that one. What immediately comes to mind is before moving into trust with anyone else, I think first I have to trust myself and, and trust that, you know, whether it's a, a relationship or a conversation or a project that I might be going into, like, am I, am I trusting that I'm on the right path and that I'm doing the right work? And, and I've asked myself the question and taking time to think that, you know, if, if I'm here having this conversation, this, this makes the most sense, for example. And, you know, if the answer is yes, and it seems, it seems obvious. And I, I think for me, I've, I've always been the type of person that um, you don't have to earn my trust, you, but you can lose it pretty quickly. So I, I kind of go in to, with the philosophy and I know everyone's different on this, but I go in with a, with a trusty mentality to begin with that I think in general, human beings are um, good people and that we're out there to, to help each other. And there are obviously situations where that, you know, doesn't always work, but for the most part, I, I personally would rather live in the, the mindset that the majority of people are out there trying to do good things and not trying to cause harm and whatnot. So naturally for me, um, trust is, is something that's just, it's an automatic on my side. Mm, yeah. I, appreciate your answer on this you know you said it, it's like answering from the gut those are sometimes the most powerful answers to really go deeper into the inquiry process and 
um, some of these questions, they don't really need a correct answer. It's, you know, it's very curious sure. to understand how um, phenomena like trust are actually forming in our society, because I guess trust on a um, macro level, on a global level or a planetary level is, um, is quite the topic, right? It's, uh, it's, it's something that's, when it's lacking, nothing is possible. And once trust is there, um, collaborative action become so, well, maybe not easily available, but they become very available. It's that's a really good point, and it, like as you're saying that, obviously, you know, I'm just thinking about um, obviously the the planet and the environment and everything, and you know, even with that lens, I mean, a lot of the people that are in the in the limelight of what's going on, you can probably say that we don't necessarily trust, but I, I still switch to default that I think overall, as a species and everyone on this this earth wants, you know, doesn't want to destroy our planet, you know, at its core, but there's, I think there's obviously a lot of work, right. That we have to do. But again, I, I would still go into that with a trusting um, mindset or vibe to it that people generally, you know, want to do good. Hmm. Yeah. I'm definitely more on the optimistic side myself. Um, how, however, I think part of this evolution on our planet right now also really demands us to understand that as humans, we, you know, inherently have the power to destroy and um, which is opposite of the power to create, but we, we're, we inherently have, have the power to do both. And so when we take action kind of blindly or on repetition or simply following the guidance of like really poorly informed leaders, then some of our actions might have really negative consequences. And so I think the, the passion to help ourselves and others to you know declutter and and like what's what's in your line of work like reform habits easily implement new practices of mental emotional physical spiritual health and well-being that will actually i think lead us to embody much more of this trust you know like ultimately when things become useful um, people usually like to accept it and embrace it like think of airbnb or uber that are maybe like not the the first things you would think of that are saving the environment, but they're one of the first, um, I personally don't love the phrase saving the environment, but one of the first mm -hmm. examples I think of when, when I think of trust, like who, like which, which 35 year old woman would have like asked a random stranger to drive her home at 4am in the morning. Exactly. Like, exactly. Or yeah. Or, or stay in someone else's house for an extended <laughs> yeah. period of time. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's a great point. And now through the, the power of matching and the power of understanding where there is a, like a, you know, simply an availability, like an empty house and then the desire, which is like going to visit a city or at another place by matching this and creating this imaginary rating system where like, oh, you have five stars. Of course, I'm going to trust you. I think topics like mm -hmm. trust are now becoming much more tactile and um, much more visible. And I think before it was, it was much more like a gut experience of the individual. Well, and it's just, you know, now I'm thinking of just like the Facebooks of the world, right, where people are starting to really question. I think we probably went into it naturally just trusting. But then as you, you know, as you start learning more and diving into things a little bit deeper, it's, it's kind of the way I'm viewing it. Like I'm going in with full trust until you've, until you've lost it. And I think that's where we're at with a lot of, especially when it comes to the tech companies and privacy and data and all that. It's like, I trusted you, but you, 
you know, you didn't respect that trust essentially. And now, now you've got to work on that and there's, there's ramifications for that. And we're seeing that. So I think it's, yeah, that's a, now we could probably have a whole podcast just on the, on the topic of trust. Cause I think there's so many contrasts, especially in today's world. Yeah. I like what the example that you brought up there without like making this entire episode about trust. But I think what you said about the big companies, like if you name Facebook, for example, and you're right, like when you scroll down and it's like, do you accept our terms of usage? I don't think anybody actually really reads those 100 uh, pages of like, uh, you know, uh, legal work, but you just scroll to the bottom, you yeah. click the box and you, you click accept. But that notion is, is literally the notion of what you just said, Mark. It's, it's like, I trust you, please be responsible with how you use what I provide for you, which is my data, my personal info, et cetera. And so in this current bubble that we've created as our like um, social reality, I think we've, we've witnessed over and over again, even in, in the freest parts of this world that, that people have kind of abused that trust. And so what I'm curious to understand though, is the other side of it. If you were to, um, want that trust being honored by companies and corporations and, 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 and governments, right? Like what are the values by which we do that? Like, do you have an, a, like an internal kind of thermostat on that? Like what are values that are actually universal enough that you'd say, even if I made $15 billion, I would still go buy this value. Whew. I think, I, I'm th- actually, I think it's, it's because of you when we, when we had our podcast chat a couple of days ago, you, you mentioned an author um, that has a, a different, like a, a couple of journals and whatnot. Uh, I forget the name. It's John. Is it John something? Yeah. John Lee Dumas, who has this um, yeah. 100 day goal journal and a bunch yeah. of activity tools. Yeah. I ordered that, by the way. That's that's going to be arriving tomorrow, I think, from Amazon. But nice. what struck me when I was on it, because then I started looking into him and his work and, and whatnot, and what, what struck me right away was just the openness and transparency of how he publishes his revenue from his podcast and the whole business and how like every expense is in there, all the sponsorships, the sales of the books, and and you know, that just, it hit me right away because A, that's not, that's not the norm. Like we're, we're guarded with these type of things usually, but B right away, like for me, um, the trust level or the, the aspect to that, I'm like, wow, like there's, there's nothing being hidden here. Like here it is, right. It's, it's not us projecting. It's not us forming or me forming judgment on that individual. And like, here it is. And I think, you know, the Facebooks of the world and whatnot, they're, they're trying to do that now um, after obviously, you know, the controversy, but if, if we're starting our organizations and whatever it is, I think just openness from the very beginning, I'm like, here's what we're doing. Like, there's nothing to hide here. We'll just automatically lead to uh, a much higher level of, of trust. Right. And I think that value of just being open and, you know, and admitting to like, Hey, this is, this is where we screwed up, but here, like, here's, there's nothing to hide. Here it is. I think that's, uh, Mm. I think we're going to see more of that. Wow. Yeah. That's a beautiful answer. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for going a little deeper for a second. Of course. A different question. Um, Let me pick up this idea of $15 billion again. If you had an 
of an extraordinary large amount of, of, of money in your life, let's say $13.7 billion, what would you do with, with that money? 13.7. I love that. Um, that this is an easy question because for me, it would be hands down providing access and training for people around the globe to ensure that their minds are healthy. And I think you need a lot of money for something like that because we're all different and there's really no prescription um, to what everyone needs to do, for example, whether that is meditation or breath work or journaling or, you know, it's, it's very different for everyone. And the reason I'm so passionate with that being the answer is because, and, and also why I was really excited to connect with you because of the, the work and the message you're putting out there. Because for me, there is a link. If we want to make true change and, you know, really help our planet and really help innovate, then there's no shortage of ideas and there's no shortage of people that are out there doing their best to do that. Unfortunately, where there is a huge problem is that mental health and the functioning of our mind is just really stretched thin these days from so many different um, reasons, right? In terms of the content and living in a reactionary mode. So for me, if, you know, if we can have the brightest minds working to solve certain issues when it comes specifically to climate change or in the environment, those, those companies, those ideas are useless if those minds shut down before they are realized. So that's why for me, I think just like going back, I think you provided this example as well. It's, it's one I use often, but you, we have to put that oxygen mask on first, right? Before helping others, because when we do that, then we have just such a higher chance of realizing the dreams that we have for our own lives and the ideas um, that we want to put out there. And we all win as a collective society. Hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of work to do on this planet. I, <laughs> I like this answer. Let me just jump right to, to the next question, just to, to get to know you a little bit, a little bit better as well. And very grounded, very pragmatic question. Um, what are your three favorite places in the world, either places to live or places you've traveled to or, or places that are connected to a story even? Oh, great. You have great, great questions. Very um, thought provoking and, and deep. I like that. Um, again, answering from, from the, the gut and the heart, I want to default to say, and, and this is a bit of a cop-out, I'll provide other examples with actual locations, but I think where, where I'm at personally right now is coming to terms and being comfortable and being grateful and being excited about the current place I'm in, in, in my own body and mind and soul and spirit and all of that. And that I don't need, um, I don't need a certain environment or a certain cafe to inspire writing, for example, or I'm not saying that's not the case. I mean, I still do those things, but I'm trying to come to terms and doing my best to create kind of that inner sanctuary that um, I can, I can create that place. So then it, it removes, you know, all these other materialistic things and environments to stimulate inspiration or calm or whatever it is. Um, so that, that's, that's an ongoing mission. Um, but the actual locations, though, that, that really come to mind, uh, something that comes, uh, it's always been in, in burned in, into my memory is just I spent 
two weeks in Senegal, probably, oh man, six, seven years ago. And I was with an organization um, called uh, Water Charity, not Charity Water, but the just actual Water Charity. Um, and they were, you know, they were linked up with the US Peace Corps doing really great work uh, around building wells, but also doing a lot of work around sanitation and, you know, building outhouses and things like that to uh, eliminate, you know, when the flooding would come in, eliminate just terrible statistics and, and numbers of deaths just for something as simple as just, you know, having a place to go to the washroom. And I was there with them as a photographer uh, doing some volunteer work so that they can come back home and present um, those photographs and use them in their, in their material. And what, what's burned in my mind though, is, is just the beautiful smiles and the, the big glowing eyes and the like zest for life that all the kids had, you know, kicking around soccer balls made from rags and just such level of appreciation and happiness for life with what we would consider, you know, when I think of, of Europe and North America as having nothing, right? And I'll never forget, like, there was a moment on that trip where I remember we arrived and I had, you know, a typical, um, I was living out of a backpack essentially, but the majority of what was in my backpack was camera gear. And I remember walking into this one village and again, same kind of atmosphere and vibe. The kids come up and we're playing and things like that. And I'm walking around with this backpack with the dollar value of gear just on my back is by far more than this whole village. And, wow. you know, that was, it was an eye-opening experience for me of, of A, just being very grateful and, and fortunate to be to have that opportunity, but also just really grounding on, you know, what does it really matter? And I think I also left with, you know, I, I better well damn well make sure that I do my best for this because, you know, I, I'm, I have this privilege of, of having this gear and this technology to capture what's happening and the spirit of these, these beautiful children that probably 20, 30, maybe even 50% of them won't actually be here because of unfortunate just preventable um, situations. So I, I, you know, I better be there, be there present and do as, as much as possible. So I, I go back to that often and full circle, you know, even with the work um, with the podcast and, and connecting with people like yourself, uh, fortunately I've been able to do more of that type of, of work around uh, water and, and working with uh, Rainmaker Enterprise, a good friend of mine is in, in South Sudan right now doing similar work. Um, the Sustainable Ocean Alliance as well. So it always goes back to just, it's a grounding experience and it, it's a place I'd like to go back. Mm, wow, what a story. Thank you for, for sharing that. I have not personally been to Senegal. So um, yeah, very insightful and also so interesting how traveling opens our hearts, our minds. Uh, for sure. Receiving. Do you have a third one? I think... I'm trying to think. I mean, I've been trying to spend a lot more time in, in nature, just in general. Uh, living here in Toronto, there's a lot going on, uh, a lot of great things, but it's, it's also been very apparent that I'm, I'm in a concrete jungle. And if I don't consciously make the time 
as much as possible to to get out in nature it's it just it quickly becomes overwhelming in, in that sense uh like i've no speaking of the breath i've noticed coming out um i go to the gym downtown in this this area and I, you know i leave that that facility feeling really good and i walk out and i almost feel like i can't take a big deep breath and i've noticed that and i don't like that <laughs> so we'll see what what's in in the cards next uh, in terms of of living but to try to counterbalance that I'm doing as much as possible uh, to spend time in, you know, uh, taking hikes and and getting out of the city and, and also making sure that my, you know, three and a half year old, almost four year old is also experiencing that um, and making sure that that's a normal part of, of his, his values and, and the way he's growing up. Yeah. Being one with nature and being in nature, I actually, so good for our mental health, right? For our physical health, for also, I guess, for our spirits in, in, in so many ways. Oh, for sure. Well, I think just, you know, we talked about this a bit the other day, but just there's so much life, right? In, in those ecosystems that we, A, we don't understand or we, we don't pay attention to, whether that's just the life of a tree and, you know, how, how old some of those trees are and like everything that's going around and just the cycles of nature. I mean, there's just, it's, it's wonderful, you know, to, to, to be a part of that and, and be in there and be in that natural environment, right. With that's not artificial. Um, there's just, I, I don't see any drawback <laughs> to spending time, you know, forest bathing essentially. Let me let me ask another question here uh, to get to know your journey a little bit better as well. And and that's um, you know if you were to look back um, at yourself as a teenager, let's say you're 15, right? And and from where you're standing right now today, like what would be like an advice or or two or three that that you'd happily be able to give to your your younger self? I think it would be centered around just and i i would extend that out to probably like from 15 right up until early 20s um while i was in, in university and whatnot but it's it's not to be so fixated on a single path and you know not to say that there's like i've always been a very goal-oriented individual and that's served me very well um, throughout my life and continues to but just in the last um the last segment, let's call it, of, of, of this latest journey, just being open to the unknown and, and diving into uncertainty and having conversations with people that um, maybe I wouldn't have had a conversation or wouldn't, wouldn't immediately think that there'd be a common ground. And there's just, there's so much value and, and beautiful results that come from things like that and just trying and doing things and falling into um, the, you know, the elements of your life that really light you up. Uh, because I feel like right now, as much as th there's been a lot of, of stress just with, you know, starting companies, shutting it down and like a lot of uncertainty on, on, on what's next and whatnot. But at the same time, uh, feeling it right in, like in my core, that this is the work, like this is the work. The fact that I'm, I'm talking with you about, these topics and talking about the, the planet and the environment and all these different links like that just really lights me up like that puts me in a flow state and i wouldn't be here without having tried a ton of different things so i think the sooner we can 
I, I don't even want to say the sooner we can be open to trying all these different things because we are born like that. And I see that in my four-year-old. It's we, as we evolve or as we grow up, we shut that down. So it's almost, how do we keep it open? How do we keep the curiosity and the no judgment and the no labels uh, wide open so that we can really experience? Mm, that's a really great question. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's highly theoretical to, to pretend that I'd have like an answer for the entire uh, spectrum there. But, but I think to make that a little bit more, more real, like what I'm experiencing when I create labels or I, I shut things down, it's also part of me actually understanding something, right? Like, hmm. for example, if I'm in a new place, at the beginning, everything is new and almost nothing has a label other than maybe awe or like, disbelief right or mind being boggled but then after a while you start labeling um, people places uh, exchanges in a certain way so you you can understand them and I think the art really is to do that while deliberately choosing to also be open that you're only labeling this for um, your immediate understanding not for your ultimate judgment oh I mean that's so well said so well said because I think whatever we can do to keep our curiosity level at, at its peak. I mean, it, it's just so valuable. Like that's, that's what I'm seeing just being around some, you know, smaller children and being like, it's in your face. It's just the curiosity yeah. is, is there. Right. Totally, man. I love that you brought this up. I, um, is there, is there any other um, lesson or something you'd share with a younger version or you want to leave it at that for now? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's good. Um, mm. No, I think, I think that would be absolutely the, yeah. the core. It's, it's, it's a big one. It's a big one. And as we're, as we're embarking to this, this next question here, I think curiosity is one with, with which to encounter, you know, like different people, different cultures, different places in the world, and we'll start seeing a very different planet. And that's my question for you. Like if you, Mark, if you had a dream for the earth, like a vision for the planet, let me put the context of um, a 200 year, year timeline. So a timeline that actually includes a seven generational point of view. Like what would your dream for the earth be? Like, you know, what, what's in there in, in your way of thinking and your way of feeling and your way of relating? Oh, wow. Just what a wonderful, I mean, you're, you're, really stretching my mind today in, in, in a great way. I love it. I, you know, what comes to mind is just a place or an environment or, or a, a home, I guess you could say, where I, I, I guess there, there's, there are no rules to, to, to this answer because you know, I'm judging myself in terms of what I'm about to say, ironically. But I think I, I would love to see and I'd love to be in a place where we're not living in conflict of each other and it just it, it's hard because you know living in canada you know we really it, we're just so fortunate over here like we don't we don't have wars uh in our in our backyard for you know there's obviously conflict there's there's things going on it's, it's not perfect but we're not living in 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 a place where there's bombs being dropped on, you know, our neighbor's house and things like that. And, you know, flipping right back to some of the, the water projects that have been, been involved with like so many of that conflict or those conflicts have, have been started because of lack of essential 
um, resources and water and food and you, you know you have child soldiers then and so it's just all this conflict that I mean we're all super smart human beings that if we would we work together and just drop the egos and drop you know the ulterior motives and, and whatever's fueling a lot of that conflict that we could figure out so much and as a collective um you know, live in, in, in harmony. And this is what I mean where I'm kind of judging myself, like living in this, this fictitious, like everything's perfect thing. That's, that's not what I'm trying to get at, but I really conflict really like in, in 20, we're in 2020. I just, I, I, I can't wrap my head around and I don't live in these areas. So it's, it's hard for me to, to comment, but just the, that we're still killing each other. Like it's, it just sounds crazy to me. Mm. Yeah, definitely. It is absolutely <laughs> crazy. I mean, we're killing each other. We're dominating the environment. And we, you know, I think as a species, this ability of killing and destroying, which is inherent to the human ability, we got to get come to terms with it. We got to understand that only because we can doesn't need to mean we choose to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, man. Thanks for jumping off the deep end with me for some of the, <laughs> the like tougher questions. You know, it's so funny that you said, the feeling or experience of self-judgment is coming up and you know that takes a highly alert and and also awake mind to to observe yourself experiencing that because part of some of the questions i ask you know is is it's it's not about the right answer it's not right it's not wrong it's just mm -hmm. different and it's really interesting to understand what comes up for different people and what are the visions and the versions that are alive in people's hearts minds and and guts, you know, you said twice, like answering this from a gut level, I think there is a tremendous intelligence in the body that goes, um, you know, kind of like a vertical, vertical axis between gut, uh, brain, and, and, and heart in the center between the two of them. For sure. I have a last question for you. And sure. I'm totally open for you to share anything that you want to share at this point as well. And the last question is around optimism, because, you know, we just went to more or less like the darkest sides of our uh, human nature or how we can express it. And I want to understand from you, like how, how come that you're consistently able to choose optimism? How does that process look for you? Oh, I love that question. Well, for, for me, it, it goes back. I think it goes for full circle to the, the question around trust and just, you know, having conversations with open arms and, and meeting all these different incredible people. And through that process, just seeing how many remarkable humans are out there. And I mean, I've only talked to, to a handful of, of these people, but the, especially when, you know, starting a new business and podcasts and all these different things, like people just have been so open to helping and having a conversation when it comes to our health and, you know, furthering, um, our, our current place in the world or whatever you're doing or whatever, whatever lights you up, for example, that it, it's almost impossible not to be optimistic. Cause I, I really do think people are trying to do great work out there. Um, I'm very optimistic and excited for the movement taking place on our health and just putting ourselves first and, you know, shifting it's it. I mean, it's hasn't been that long since I, mean, I think of my parents, just, it was the, you know, get one job, stay in that job, work your, 
you know, your, your standard hours and, um, and that's it. And then kind of punch out where like, that's for us, we're challenging that, you know, employers and companies have to offer more, have to be respectful of our health, not just our physical body and safety, which, you know, started a a while back, but now, you know, our, our mental safety, I think, and our, our mental health and all of that, the conversations are being had. And again, I'm, I'm hopeful because of some of the people that I'm, I'm chatting with that are, you know, the chief heart officer, let's say for media companies like the Vayner Medias or, you know, being at LinkedIn and chatting with their team and that they all have access to meditation and that they're like actively, actually, it's not just lip service, but they're actually, you know, talking about their health and all of that. So, and, you know, I'm spending a lot of time on health because again, I, I just don't, as soon as your mind goes, like that's the thing telling you to a, you know, go to the gym or do any of your physical exercise. That's the thing that is, you know, helping you be great at your job or helping you be a great parent. Like it's, it's just, it starts there. Right. So I'm, I'm hopeful and excited that we're spending so much time talking about a, the awareness that we're in a mental health crisis um, and that we're working towards that. But I'm more excited that, okay, we, we know that there's a problem and we're working to bring tools, practices and solutions to the table. Just like, uh, you know, we chatted about, like, we know there's an issue with the planet. Like, I mean, even though there's still some that do not think that, I mean, it's pretty clear that the majority of the planet or people on the planet realize there's an issue. Um, and the awareness is great because if, if you don't, if you're not aware, then you know, it's hard to act, but like, let's shift out of just, talking about the awareness and let's let's create some change right and let's work together and and do something that change is underway also thanks to to great conversations like this one people listening people being inspired people connecting the dots you know introducing each other to the the next step in their in their quest and their journey all these these little things actually they count and they they are important and this is i think what part of the podcast movement uh, is as well is to continue to build new narratives and show people what is possible um, mm. from from an optimistic uh, heart. You know, thank you so much, Mark, for taking the time for being on the show for answering some of my crazy questions. I had I had a great time listening to you. Oh, thank you, and I I just want to acknowledge the work that you're putting out there in this world. I think it's just so valuable and uh, needed, and it comes from a, a place of you know, we throw around the word authenticity uh, or authentic quite a bit these days, but you can feel when it's actually there and, and, and that I feel in you. So I just want to, you know, virtual high fives to, to everything you're doing. And, and thanks for, Thank thanks for the great questions. Thank you. that's that another episode of green planet blue planet podcast i hope you truly enjoyed this one and received some insights knowledge and a form of learning that you can directly apply to your life into your relationships or maybe even into your business and the way you show up for the world because this is a movement and we're all part of it very much so and we're in this together we're here to create a world of a triple bottom line where you win i win and the entire planet wins We're raising consciousness together, and you know that. That's why you're listening. That's why I love you. So make sure to share the love. 
hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app, invite a friend to listen to Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast. And if you have an idea who else you'd like me to interview, make sure you reach out and send me a suggestion. Definitely check out greenplanet-blueplanet.com, the website to the podcast. I've created a lot of different offers for you, free content, free meditations for you to amplify your connection to self, the state of social impact in the world, and for you to connect and listen to who you could support of the people that I actually interview because their missions are ongoing and a lot of them need more collaboration. And after more than 100 episodes now, with some of the world's leading social impact experts, I have synthesized my most inspired learnings and takeaways to create coaching and mentorship programs for you and the people around you. Let me share with you about planetary purpose coaching and mentorship experiences. If you're in a space in your life where you're ready to level up to amplify who you are, what's coming through you and what you're doing to give your gift to the world, then I would love to hear from you and I'd love for you to apply to one of my private mentorships or group mentorships because getting all of the juice, all of that life force that's in you out into the world is something you deserve and the entire world around us deserves. Also, I work with people who are entirely new to this, to the topic of planetary purpose or the topic of meditation, the topic of inside evolution and revolution. And if that's you and you're ready to step out of the ordinary and into creation, or if you know someone who is totally ready for that, make sure to check out the website or share the website. And you can also always shoot me a message on Instagram. I'll definitely read it and get back to you. Because, like, guys, this is real life. Let's be in touch and let's create this together. Last but not least, there's a few different group experiences I host, both in person and online. All of them are quantum learning environments, and I'm happy to tell you more. So simply inform yourself and stay connected, because whatever resonates with you, I'm here to support you and bring out more purpose into the world. And with that being said, wherever you are in the world, make sure to be you, show up all the way, be all in. Connect with someone today, make them smile, have yourself a stellar day. Lots of love to you and until soon.